good again. It was recorded. Revolutionary that or podcast anyway, episode 421, QA episode Steve Schmee here. And joining me, Mr. Ricky V Rock. Hey, what's up, Steve? What's up, guys? How's everybody doing out there? Four topics coming away, guys. We're kind of taking a break from the rapid fire. Um, and we're gonna do a couple of these. Regular hits these. Uh, we got three stereo topics and then a very, very important gut slash anxiety topic. So you're going to want to definitely stay to the end to hear that one. It's going to possibly change your life. So that's going to be a really good one. But the first one is about a T-Bowl only cycle. And I thought this was a really good topic that one of our members brought to my attention. And he says that he ran Turinabold, which is also called T-Bowl, T-B-O-L, 30 milligrams every day for eight weeks. And he said he noticed absolutely no difference. I followed up with him, and he did admit, yeah, I definitely got hardening. So let's first understand what Turinabold is. Turinabold was designed by the East Germans. Wait, you call it? Turn, ter, isn't it Turinable? Yeah, Turinable. Um, that's that's one way, but usually sounds like you're saying Chernobyl or something. Yeah, ter, ter, well, that's, what do you, how do you say? How do you pronounce it? I I I've always just called it T bowl. T bowl. You know, you've got D bowl, Dianable, and you got T bowl. T bowl. I like I I like two Turinable. You know, but I guess I mean, anyways, as good as. But anyway, keep going, Steve. My bad. Don't ever correct my English. Don't ever. My English is very, very good. So <laughs> that's how you guys pronounce it over there in Persia? Turno. How do you guys pronounce it down there in Cuba? In Cuba. You guys don't use the you don't say Tur- Cuba. We call it Cuba. El El Turinabol. <laughs> Ricky Ricardo, Baracuda. I am Ricardo. I am taking El Turinabol. So <laughs> So with T-Ball, the East, East Germans, they came up with it. Back then, it was all about the Olympics. Let's kick ass at the Olympics. And the females would actually use it. So the way T-Ball is structured, they kind of ripped off D-Ball when they made T-Ball. But they made it so it doesn't aromatize into estrogen. And that androgenic kick is gone from it. So if you're going to run T-Ball by itself, what exactly are you expecting? I mean, as a man, you're not getting any androgenic kick to it. So you're going to basically like when I'm doing, when I'm taking a break from weight training and I'm just doing yoga for a couple months, I'll, I'll throw in T-Bowl in my steroid stack because I'm in the yoga room with no shirt on. I want to look fucking hot for all the hot chicks in yoga, right? They're all wearing those fucking nice tight yoga pants. They're I'm checking them out. They're checking me out. I'm going to look hard, right? In the gym, I want to get my six pack all rock hard. So that's great for something like that. We're doing yoga for, for a month, do some T-bowl, you know, 30, 40, maybe even 50 milligrams a day of T-bowl for that. But if you're a gym rat, and you're trying to get stronger in the gym, you're trying to get more aggressive, you're trying to build some huge muscle, T-ball by itself, it's not really going to do anything for you. you know. And 
then the guy followed up and he said, well, should I run it 70, 80 milligrams a day? And I told him, well, whatever you got at 30 milligrams on it, and if you double or triple the dose, you're just going to get more of that. So in his case, he noticed, wow, I got harder. My muscles got harder. Okay, so if you run double or triple the dose, you'll get even harder. It's not about like, I'm going to up the dose and suddenly it's going to become an androgenic style of steroid. It's not going to do that for you. So, but there, the advantage of it is that you can use it to get some pumps, get the veins popping out of your muscles, get harder, something like that. But it's just not going to give you those androgenic side effects that we crave if we are in the gym trying to get stronger and trying to build huge muscle mass. So that's, you know, that's my opinion on it. And I, like I said, I'll use T-Bowl in certain situations, but if I'm going to the gym because I want to be able to bench 400 pounds, I can't just hop on T-Bowl and just keep upping the dose, upping the dose, upping the dose. And yeah, I'm going to end up benching 400 pounds. No, 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 no. I'm going to want to bench 400 pounds. Guess what I'm going to use? I'm going to use trend. I'm going to use something extremely androgenic, something that's going to make me extremely strong and extremely aggressive. But T-Bowl is just not for that. That's why T-Bowl was used by the East Germans in the Olympics female team. And that's what they use. And they were able to excel in the Olympics thanks to T-Bowl because it did not carry those androgenic side effects that a lot of men are after. So that's just, you know, that's my experience with it. So you got exactly what T-Bowl had to offer. That's exactly what you got. So Rick, what's your opinion on T-Bowl? T-Bowl's great. It's, it's like a Dianable without the bloat. And don't let that make you think that you're going to gain weight like Dianable, just all lean. No, you just won't gain those water pounds. You can gain about everything else, but just those water pounds is just not going to get. It's too great anabolic, doesn't aromatize, like Steve said. Just a good, good all-around uh, steroid for many guys. I I see guys on the forums everywhere saying, I'm going to do Dianabol with aromacin, 40, 60 milligrams of Dianabol and, you know, aromacin on top. I tell you guys, hey man, just, just don't don't do that. Do 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 turnable instead. Then, if you're gonna have to take an anti-estrogen along with Dianabol, just take turnable. It's like it's it's non-aromatizing, uh, little brother almost. Very similar structure, like Steve said. Dianabol was the the main idea uh, that they used to start off with before creating turnable, and turnable just doesn't doesn't aromatize. Uh, the aromatase enzyme can't turn structure around into something else and so it it remains it's just a good good all-around steroids want for you guys to uh want everybody to try you guys i mean it's a nice 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 steroid not very expensive you can get it when compared to like oxandrolone like anavar it's definitely going to be a much much uh cheaper steroid to buy and i think you know if your diet and your training really is on point um Permanent results might be comparable to Anabar. Maybe Anabar will get you a little bit drier coming up to game day. If you got a certain, you have to look a certain way by a certain date, whether it be a competition, photo shoot, Anabar might have more of a static uh, helping effects to it, but Turnable is pretty darn good. 
you know, once you uh, consider what your final um, permanent results are going to be. So uh, it's a good, good, good story. And uh, as far as dosing, um, if I, I, anybody out there that tells me they want to do 16 megs, 50 megs, 40 megs of D-ball with aromacin on top, I just tell them, look, just do those in Terenable. 20 to 40 megs of T-ball will get you there. I've heard guys doing six. I've heard guys doing as much as 120 megs of T-ball. But really, 40 to 60 megs of Terenable will get you there to where it'll definitely fast forward your progress quite a bit in, in a four to six week period, providing that your diet and your training is on point. It's actually a pretty darn good steroid for changing the way you look. So the next one we're going to talk about is Dianabol and Primabolin. So this is a stack back in the 70s. We have evidence that Arnold messed around with those two. There were pretty much four steroids back in the 70s that they messed around with. They messed around with Primabolin. They messed around with Decadurabolin. They messed around with Proviron. And they messed around with Dianabol. Those are the four. You know, uh, people back then didn't didn't mess around with the steroids that guys mess around with today. Now they're messing around with things like Masteron, Trenbolone, lots of HGH, other things that they didn't mess around back then. Winstrol is one today that they mess around with more. Yeah, I'm talking about competitors. But back in the 70s, you know, the, uh, the classic Arnold stack was 100 milligrams a premium bowl in a day, which is 700 milligrams a week total. And the reason I say per day is because back in those days, it was before underground labs came around. So the premium bowl they'd have access to were in amps. So each amp was one CC and each amp was hundred milligrams. The thing is that premium bowl was like motor oil. So you had no choice, even though premium bowl came with a longer ester, which allowed you to pin it once or twice a week at the most. If you were to you know, take a lot of Primobolin, pinning three cc's of this stuff into a muscle is like pinning motor oil into your muscle. I mean, it's so thick and so painful with the post-injection pain that you couldn't do that. So what they would do is they would have to pin every day, one cc. So that would get them to 700 milligrams a week. As far as the Dianable, you got to remember back then, they didn't have access to anti-estrogens. So that's why they didn't run testosterone. They didn't run these aromatizing compounds like guys mess around with today. Now they can just slam their estrogen down. Late 80s into the 90s, they started discovering things like Novodex, like Letro, that you could run on cycle and that would block estrogen or crash estrogen. So that's what they wanted. And that would allow them to mess around with more aromatizing compounds. The thing is Dianabol is an aromatizing compound. So the, the way they would mess around with Dianabol, I think it was a lot of trial and error. I think it was a lot of guys weren't prone to gynecomastia or bloating. So they would take like a handful of Dianabol every day and they'd get away with it. Now, if they were unlucky, they would end up getting bitch tits and other estrogenic side effects. 
Also, what they would do is they knew not to take a lot of Dynable and they knew not to take it near their show. So they'd cut it off. And then once that Dynable was out of their system, that Primo would allow them to dry out. And also, Proviron also has some anti-estrogen properties. And Primobone is a DHT derivative, just like Proviron. So those kind of worked in conjunction. And then they use, of course, the DECA because the DECA aromatizes a quarter or 20% le- you know, um, less than testosterone does. So DECA was pretty much testosterone in those days to people because it, it's missing that atom. That atom being missing doesn't uh, prevents it from aromatizing heavily the way testosterone would. So that's the way these guys mess around. But the Primo and the D-Ball stack is a classic 70s. And I feel like from you know the people I've interviewed and what makes sense is that they probably ran about 100 milligrams, one cc of Primo a day, and then they throw in a handful of Primo here and there. You know, maybe, maybe 20, 30 milligrams, and maybe they'd even do it every other day just to keep con- that water under control. So that's, that stack would be really cool to do because that Dianabol is giving that Primabol a little bit of an androgenic kick. It's giving it a little estrogenic kick. Rather than just running the Primo by itself, we just talked about the T-Bowl. You run T-Bowl by itself, you may get disappointed at the results you get. Well, same thing with Primabol. You run Primabol by itself, you may get disappointed. So you throw in a little D-Bowl in there. Here and there, you throw it in, and it gives you a little bit of uh, estrogen effects, a little androgenic effects. So that's what I would do. If you wanted to kind of copy whatever they used to run in the 70s, you could, you could do it that way. So that's the way I would stack them in that situation. And guys, these days, you know, they, they always want to run testosterone as a base, you know, Hey, it's gotta be part of your base, whatever. And if you wanted to just throw in some testosterone, you could always throw in like hundred milligrams or 125 milligrams, keep it low, or you could just not run it at all, you know, do what they did in the seventies. Just don't run it at all. So experiment with it guys and check it out, but it's a really clean cycle, but it's going to be expensive because Prima Bone is a pricey cycle. We just talked about T-Bowl, how cheap T-Bowl is. Rick, Rick talked about how cheap T-Bowl is. Well, D-Bowl is also very cheap. One of the cheapest steroids out there. You can, for a hundred bucks, you can buy like three cycles, four cycles worth of D-Bowl. It's dirt cheap, but Prima is a little pricier and you have to buy Prima Bone from a legitimate source because it's heavily, heavily faked out there. So you want to make sure you're using a real source for it. Rick, what's your thoughts? I think you gave uh, some great a-, a great answer. I just going to go over the history just a tiny bit here. Uh, what re- Steve is saying is right. You know, when you go further back, 60s, 70s, 80s, uh, when you guys talking, when you guys listen to us right now, might not remember this, but this is back in the day where we used to keep a, a little paper pen and pad next to a phone and you had to take messages down for people because all we had was house phones. This is when you would uh, call someone at a pay phone and, and you could receive calls at a pay phone from landlines. So we didn't have what you see today where you can find one brand or two or three brands out of uh, Eastern Europe that basically make everything under the sun. It really is not like that. Uh, uh, what you had available around your location in your country is kind of what you had available. 
some guys didn't even know that there were other steroids being produced under different brands out in, in Europe. The information just didn't travel that way. You couldn't get online and and read about it. It it always was just always hearsay from other bodybuilders. You might be able to find someone to send you something from Europe. Somebody in Europe might want something from here. It was uh, the information was was very hard to come by. So yeah, guys were limited to only a couple of different steroids in their location, no matter what country you were in. You kind of only had to, had access to a couple of things. It wasn't like it is today. And even going in from the 90s over to the 2005, 2010, back then we still had uh, steroids being made in pharmacies and in veterinarian shops, but you were kind of able to get stuff from all over the world. You know, when I stepped into the scene as a user myself, you you knew there were normal hellas here, you know about Zambones there, you know about Karachi Sustanon, you know about Omadrens, you know about Denkal and Quality Vet, and you you knew about Organon. So you kind of knew and you would you would get juice from all over the world. And then nowadays, obviously, what we got today is underground labs, they make everything, every compound, two or three esters, pro hormones that got banned. I mean, everything. It's a different landscape today when we're recording this podcast, 2021 that it was way back. So, uh, yeah, this guy, the, even if you wanted to do Trembolone, even if you wanted to run a Trembolone cycle or run Trembolone up to a competition in the 70s, unless you knew someone that could get it for you, I, don't, I think France is the only country that had legitimate Trembolone that you could buy. Um, unless you knew somebody who could get it for you, you, you just were not going to get Trembolone. It's not like... Not like it is today, definitely. So, all right, next one. Yeah, so the next one we're gonna we're gonna talk about, guys, is do low dose steroids prevent suppression? So this question, I think, um, a lot of people who have really thin knowledge on steroids, they, um, you know, uh, they're victims of just being out of reality, out of the times. And what I mean by that is you can prove this answer literally right now as we're doing this podcast. You can go online. You can order blood work, print it out, and then take it tomorrow morning to a Quest or LabCorp, get your blood drawn, and then get results the next day and prove the answer to this. But for some reason, we have guys who insist that it matters how much steroids you use with suppression. And I'm telling you, it does not. If you're running 100 milligrams a week of testosterone, it's going to suppress you the same. It's going to shut you down the same as if you run 500, 1,000, 2,000, 5,000. I don't care. Because what happens is your body knows when it's getting exogenous hormones. So it's gonna signal your pituitary glands to stop producing hormones. Doesn't matter. You could be running 20 milligrams a day of Dianabol, you're still gonna get shut down. You can run 20 milligrams of T-Bol, you're still gonna get shut down. The only steroid in all my years of studying thousands of blood work that I've seen 
a steroid that doesn't cause suppression in some guys is provirin. And that is just because the way provirin is structured. Now, the downside of it is that provirin, running provirin by itself, ain't going to do a goddamn thing for you. When it comes to building muscle, building strength, you know, doing things that we want steroids to do, we use steroids for that reason, right? We don't use steroids, you know, for no other reason than to do two things, build strength and build muscle. And provirin ain't going to do either. So you're not going to outsmart nature, I think is my point here. You're not going to outsmart nature. And again, we can confirm this from blood work. You can confirm this from blood work. I've had clients that have run provirin in between cycles, haven't had suppression. I've had clients run provirin between cycles and they had suppression. So it's going to vary from person to person. I'm not quite sure why it varies from person to person. I have some theories. Um, and that's probably for another show, but the bottom line is you're not going to outsmart your body. So what happens is when you put anabolic steroids in your body, it's going to signal your pituitary glands to shut down and stop producing hormones. That's it. I mean, there's no reason to debate this. And if you want to debate it, like I said, go get blood work done and get it. I think some people may not think that's true because maybe they ran bunk gear in their life. I'm not really sure. Or maybe they ran blood work too soon. It's going to take some time for those steroids to start building up in your system. And the way you calculate it as you take the half-life of the steroid, you multiply it by like four or five. So if it's a 10-day half-life, it's 40 to 50 days. 40, 50 a day mark, that's when it's going to hit peak levels in your body because you're injecting, you're injecting steroids into your system over the course of four or five weeks. It's not just one injection. So if you just injected yourself one time with testosterone and you go and get blood work done, you're like, oh, Steve, you're wrong. Uh, see, it didn't suppress me. Okay, well, keep injecting it like you should on a regular schedule and then come back to me in 40 to 50 days with the blood work. And then if I'm wrong, and it's not suppressing you, then, you know, then, then you can say I'm wrong. But I know for a fact that that's not going to be the case because we're all human beings. And you, if you could trick your body into not getting suppressed on cycle, nobody would have to go on TRT for the rest of their life. So that would be a wonderful thing, wouldn't it, Rick, if you could trick your body. So it's just not, it's just not true. Um, so, yes, any steroid anabolic steroids with the exception some people of provirin will cause suppression there's no way around it there's no way to trick your body any amount can can suppress you anytime that you add any uh, any androgen synthetic androgens to your body you can see suppression a lot of it also takes age and genetics into consideration you and I, Steve, all have heard the stories of meatheads that quit cold turkey. And I don't have to worry about busy day. Keep my gains. Um, very rare. It does happen. It does happen. Guys do report it uh, on the forums throughout the years many times. So I, I'm not a old lifestyle. I've always pretty much done PCT. I quit cold turkey here and there once or twice, but um, not, not, what I, not what you plan on doing most of the time. It just... 20 years in this, I've, I've had so many different situations. 
I'm sure I had to at some point. So uh, definitely uh, any amount can cause suppression. Genetics have to do a lot to do with it. Your age has to do a lot to do with it. Uh, the first supplement that I developed for the market was a is a testosterone booster, my HC Generate product. Go to hcgenerate.com. And that was just herbs that I used to take along with Clomid to help me stay up. Because Clomid, although I, I felt it really helped my, my recovery, my post-psychotherapy, it made me feel like shit, made me feel like garbage. Just didn't feel good at all. Started using Tribex from uh from bio uh, from biotest i believe it is a teenation back in the back early on and i noticed trivial is how it made me feel and then when i started to take clomid for pct i had a trivialist and then concatali and then ginseng and discovered fedosia um was out there years later and it became the hg generate formula to take along with clomid for just to, just to help you feel better, way better, and for that PCT to work much better. Also, whenever I've ran some heavy cycles um, that maybe make my testes shrink, I, one of my testes shrink faster than the other, funny enough. They don't uh, both shrink at the same time. One of them will shrink a little bit faster than the other. Uh, even while I'm shooting the juice, um, I take HG Generate. Um, we call it Intergenerate now. Uh, during... And they'll they'll grow right back, even as I'm still, even as I'm still juicing. So any amount of steroids can suppress you. Um, genetics, age plays a big role. And look, there are guys that run proper PCT, nice protocol, everything, and then months and months later, their testosterone is low again, or they're having issues with high estrogen. It's it's a Pandora's box that once you open you might not know everything that's going to come out of it. Once you cross that line and you start shooting synthetic steroids into your body, you might never be right again. You might, you might have to run a post-psychotherapy again a couple of times, three times, standalone, standalone down the line because something's just not right. You might end up at the doctor, at the specialist, endocrinologist. What's going on with my... LH, FSH is normal, but the testosterone, free testosterone is low. And once you open that Pandora box and you start off injecting synthetic androgens into your system, you just never know what the fuck's going to happen and what, what you're going to have to deal with down the line. And although we do this show a couple of uh, three episodes a week now for you guys talking about these compounds, we just always have to take the time out to let you know and just remind you that you're, you're, you're fucking with your endocrine system. It's a, it's a very, uh, it's a feedback loop. It's just, it's a balance that your body is kind of programmed and you're born with it. And it's, you're born programmed for it to develop at a certain pace as you get older. And once you start fucking with it, it might, there's a good chance it might never be right again. So um, just, just to put it out there, just for everyone out there to remember that, that this is, this is no game. This is us. Here we go. I just want to be clear too, because I think a lot of people are listening to this and they're kind of getting confused. You know, the, um, the characterization of what suppression is, I think a lot of people don't understand that. So shutdown and suppression means that your LH and FSH levels are dropping. That's suppression. 
Now, shutdown would mean your LA transfer levels are rock bottom near zero. That's what happens when you run anabolic steroids into deep into a cycle. Not initially, you'll get some suppression and then it'll become shutdown. And that's what happens. Um, it's 100% going to happen. Anyone who wants to argue that, show me the blood work, go get blood work done. You know, don't argue this stuff with me. I've looked at thousands of blood work, please. Because we always get these guys who want to argue this shit. And blood work doesn't lie. All right. We're, you know, stop being delusional and stop not understanding it. Another thing I want to be clear on is that suppression and shutdown has nothing to do with libido. Because you'll see guys come on the forum and be like, help, I'm on cycle and I'm suppressed. Help, I'm in PCT and I'm suppressed. Help, I'm in between cycles and I'm suppressed. They kind of characterize suppression with loss of libido. You know, that's not what suppression is, guys. I'm talking about black and white science when I talk about suppression and shutdown. I'm talking about what's in your blood work. I'm not talking about your libido and everything. Like it has, it has nothing to do with that. So if you go on cycle and you have libido problems, then say it. Hey, I'm on cycle. I have libido problems. Don't say I'm on cycle and I'm suppressed because to me, I'm going to come back and say, uh, you're supposed to be suppressed. You're supposed to be shut down on cycle. That's what's supposed to happen. So, I mean, I hope that makes sense. I'm just saying the characterization of the bro scientists and the people who parrot information, they've made it seem like being suppressed and being shut down has to do with libido. And you know, I love this one too, Rick. I love that you have to run tests on cycle or you'll get shut down. That's, that's just a brilliant bro science right there. Because that makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> it's like they think if you run testosterone on cycle, it's going to prevent shutdown. Run the blood work. And then come back to me because you see guys on TRT and they run blood work and their LH and FSH are at zero. And they're on testosterone every week, but they're shut down. So that, I, that's the confusion of being suppressed and being shut down. So guys, if you need help with this shit, come to me and I will help you with this stuff. Don't fucking listen to these fucking bro scientists on these uh, out there that don't know jack shit about this stuff because they've never even looked at blood work in their life. They're the types of people they just stick steroids in their ass and they don't even ever do blood work. All right, guys, so the next one, this is the one's for you, Rick. This is a topic you wanted to talk about, so I'll let you introduce it. Just a quick reminder to everyone out there that you have to keep your gut going. You got in check. You have to make sure that your digestive system is working well. It's one of the most important health things to think about. It's one of the most important health aspects to, to be on top of is your digestion. Very much so. You have a brain down there in your gut. Weight by weight, about the same uh, amount of uh, neurons as you do on your head you should do on your brain and it could cause anxiety it could cause other kind of issues with the way you feel on a day-to-day -day basis if your gut biome if your gut flora is just not not proper antibiotics when you take them as they go in they will kill some of the bacteria in your gut the good bacteria 
might let some of the bat bacteria grow out of proportion. Imbalances in your gut flora can cause a whole bunch of different issues. You have the living bacteria in your colon that's there and we need it to be there. We need it to be there to help uh, with digestion. So probiotics, make sure you take some every single day. Get something out of the refrigerator. Go to like health food store, local health food store, mom and pop shop, and get the probiotics that are kept in the refrigerator. Make sure you keep them in the refrigerator at your house. Go through that bottle, finish it, and then go in and grab a different bottle. And grab, I like to just switch out um, different bacteria, the different uh, strains, just switch it out every month. I get a new one. I just hit it, hit, hit my gut every month with a new bottle of cold probiotics from the fridge, different specifications, different brands. And um, I figured it even itself out as time goes on. Um, fiber every single day. I like psyllium husk. There's plenty of choices out there, but if you can do psyllium husk, 30 gram a day, just 30 grams of psyllium husk every single day, they're just going to make everything down their floor really great. Digestive enzymes with every meal. As soon as you eat something, you know, big meal, a lot of protein, throw some digestive enzymes right on top of that. The, the, Capsules will dilute right in your stomach along with the rest of your foods, and it'll just help break those down so that it'll be easier for your body to absorb real fast. So digestive enzymes, 30 grams of psyllium husk fiber every day, and probiotics. I like taking the probiotics on an empty stomach. I feel as though they make it down quicker, um, but definitely could take them with food. Definitely could take them along with digestive enzymes. It's... It should be a, something you do every single day. And even if you don't keep it up all year, guys, if you just do like out of 12 months, you do like 60 days, 90 days out of 12 months, 90 days of 30, 30 grams a day of psyllium husk or, good, or other good fiber, 15 grams a day if you can't take any more than that. But really 30 is kind of ideal. Probiotics and digestive enzymes. And you do that continuously year after year, at least three months out of the year, you're definitely going to feel and notice a really nice improvement in the way you feel and the way you look and your whole, I mean, your whole lifestyle definitely will be improved by picking up this practice. I don't sell any of these products myself um, as of now. I don't know if in the future I might, it's kind of a, not the, 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 the real, uh, uh, it's not the real core of my brand. So I don't have a, a fiber and digestive enzymes and probiotics, but I do just go in and shop other brands that I know are good and go into a helpful store and ask them what, what the best brands are for uh, mainly the probiotics are the ones you really want. Uh, fiber, psyllium husk, it all kind of comes from the same places. Just, just grab that shit. Um, and same thing with the digestive enzymes. I mean, bromelain and papain is what you what you really need. And uh, those, those pretty inexpensive, very easy to find. And um, that's it, man. Just a, a reminder uh, for everyone out there. And if you haven't had psyllium husk in a while, go spend the 10, 15 bucks you're going to spend on a tub. Uh, take 10 to 30 grams a day. 
finish that tub and see how you feel once you're done with it. You, you're, you're carrying a lot more in your gut than you think you are. You're carrying a lot more waste in your gut than you think you are. And you really need, need some help getting that out. One of the ways you know you're going to know when you, think, when you take the fiber of the psyllium husk, one of the ways you're going to know that you, you, you were stuck, you had some stuff inside of you is you're going to notice that you're going to go more higher amount than kind of what, what you eat. And that'll be your perception. Your perception will be, wow, I'm, I'm going to the bathroom and it's quite a lot compared to what I'm eating. <laughs> Sounds disgusting, but the truth is uh, sometimes you, ha- you can have uh, pounds and pounds and pounds of waste matter stuck to you because you're just not eating enough fiber and you're kind of, kind of sort of supposed to. So just want to do that reminder for everyone out there. Um, just a, a basic one-on-one health um, advice for all of us out there that are high protein diet, eating quite a bit. Just make sure to get your digestion, your gut where it needs to be with that. So, so I've had a, we had a lot of on the old podcast when I used to do my podcast though, with Trevor used to have a lot of guests. They discuss gut health. I learned a lot from these people and I've, you know, I've studied this topic a lot over the years. So what Rick is saying is like a necessary evil for a lot of people because of their diets are so slanted um, incorrectly. So here, here's my perspective on this. You know, we are made up of water. Okay. Most of our body is water. Even our organs are water. Our skin is our water. Bone has water. You need to be eating watery foods in your diet. Those fruits and vegetables that a lot of people make fun of. I, I, I know so many people, they don't eat any fruits or vegetables. Those are full of fiber. They're full of water. They're full of vitamins. They're full of minerals. Mandatory to be consuming those. We evolved eating fruits and vegetables. And the thing is, our diets now, if you are a meat eater, as I am, I eat meat, but on some days I will eat only fruits and vegetables and nuts and stuff like that. But I do eat a lot of meat as well. And you have to make sure that you're eating not just the dry parts of the animal. You're also eating the bone marrow. So you're making bone broth. You're eating the skin. You're eating the fat. From the animal, you're eating the organs from the animal, all that stuff. I see so many people they get a steak, and then they'll cut off the fat, they'll cut off the bone, and throw it away. Those are the things you're supposed to be eating. <laughs> you don't just cut out the muscle part of the animal and eat that. People who survive in the bush, they try to survive in the bush, like in Africa. The rangers have to be called in to evacuate them. Because they're just eating red meat. Because if you just eat red meat, you're going to get backed up. So what Rick is saying, oh, take probiotics, take psyllium husk. It's because your diet is fucking wrong in the first place. Because if all you're doing is eating red meat, dry red meat, you're going to have gut problems. You need, as human beings, we need to be consuming water, watery foods, and fiber. And if you're not doing that, you're going to run into gut problems. Bodybuilders have horrible gut problems for that reason. 
So you have to balance your diet. If you're going to eat a steak, you damn well better be drinking a lot of water and eating lots of fruits and vegetables as well as your next meal. You can't just eat steak all day and chicken and all this, all this just dry meat. You can't. You will fucking die. You will get a backup in your body and you will fucking die if you just survived on that. So that's, I'm just telling you guys the way it is, guys. Try it. If you don't, if you think I'm wrong, just eat steak. Eat steak every fucking day. Dry steak every fucking day for a month and see what happens. You're not going to be able to shit. You won't be able to shit. Your gut will become so fucked up. So you have to eat a balanced diet. You have to eat a balanced diet. If you're going to have a steak for lunch, you damn well better have a salad and fruit for dinner. You have to balance that shit and you better be drinking a lot of water and you better be eating other parts of the animal, not just the muscle part. So all you guys out there like to make fun of vegans and vegetarians. The funny part is the vegans and vegetarians are healthier than you. They have better gut health than you. I will actually go like a week or two just eating fruits and vegetables for that reason. If I feel like, yeah, I'm eating too much meat, I'm eating too much meat, I'll go back and transition back to fruits and vegetables for a week or two, get my digestive back on track. I'll do fasting. I'll do all kinds of stuff to do that. I don't need to take probiotics or, or psyllium husk. If you do it correctly, you won't need to take that shit. But because you're doing it wrong, then you have to do that shit. So you know, that's, that's my, um, you know, that's my piece on that guys. You have to eat what we're supposed to eat. Another thing I tell my clients, low FODMAP foods. If you're eating high FODMAP foods, you are stressing out your gut because their gut is going to have a hard time with those types of things. So garlic, onions, high FODMAP foods need to be avoided. They need to be avoided. Gluten, Needs to be avoided. That shit's so fucking inflammatory in your gut. Dairy products need to be avoided. Okay? We don't see people who live in the blue zones who live 100 years old. We don't see them fucking around with dairy. We don't see them fucking around with too much meat. We see them fucking around with fruits and vegetables. So most of your diet needs to be fruits and vegetables. And then you throw in a steak. That's the way... You, you should eat. You shouldn't just fucking eat steak, chicken, turkey, cold cuts, sausage, bacon. No, that's not, that's not your diet. That's why your gut is fucked up. I mean, there, there are some guys that, that do just the carnivore diet where it's just meat and nothing else. In. The carnivore diet can be done, Rick. But you can't just eat meat, like muscle part of the animal, and get away with it. You will have a backup. I just told you, in the bush, they have rangers. Yeah, I'm an organ eater. I like I like organs, the, but they don't eat right organs. The, they don't eat organs. Not a single one, person will eat organ. They'll eat steak, chicken. One of my favorite one of my favorite things to eat is you go to any uh, any just any main line supermarket. You could get chicken livers. I like to I like livers. Uh, if you go to uh, mostly if you go to like Spanish markets where they have also a, a butcher shop. There you'll be able to get like and it's cheap. Tongue. That's the and funny then, thing. The expensive cuts of meat are the least healthy meats. I, I maybe maybe I'm you wrong. Heart, on that, you get a heart. You get, part, you, get, you get chicken yeah. hearts, chicken gizzards, all that stuff. Uh, um, you can get a beef heart. 
Yeah. Beef it is it is ironic though. The more expensive, like the lessier fats cuts of steak. And I, I'm not a I'm not a meat expert. So if you farmers out there, you know, you cow farmers, don't don't send me hate mail. But from what I see when I go to a supermarket, the fattier cuts of meat are cheaper. That's the ironic thing. But the fattier cuts of meat are actually better for your gut. That well, bone, the, the, the most fi- fiber fibers ones, usually the meat that's close to where the animal lays down or where the, the animals uh, hide. It's usually the toughest, yeah. toughest part. So, got a lot of fibers. Well, that's the funny thing, too. The T-bone oxtails. Steak. Oxtails are good. You like oxtails? Oxtails are fucking awesome. Don't throw away that T-bone. Take that T-bone, put it in some plain chicken or vegetable broth in a crock pot and cook it for like 48 hours and make yourself bone broth. Don't throw it away. That's what people do. They throw away the fat and they throw away the, and it's it's it doesn't make any sense. So I mean, this is stuff you're gonna learn on this podcast, guys. That you're gonna not hear anywhere else with these dumbass fucking idiot meatheads on social media. They don't know shit about nutrition. All they do is just stick their ass full of steroids. They don't know shit about nutrition. So this is stuff you're gonna learn on this podcast. You won't hear anywhere else, guys. So maybe someone's listening to this and be like, "What the fuck is Steve talking about? Putting a bone in a crock pot? I've never heard of that. That bone." has bone marrow in it. You break that bone marrow down, you make it into a broth. It is the best, most healthy fucking thing you put in your body that comes from an animal because that's collagen. That's going to go in your body and it's going to fucking heal shit in your body. It's going to heal your gut. It's going to heal your gut lining. It's going to heal your joints. It's going to heal your soft tissues. That's the healthiest part of the animal and you're throwing it away. You're throwing it in the trash. That's the ironic thing. Whenever I go to a company dinner, I remember last year I went to a company dinner. Everyone was having a steak, right? And the bones, the guy, the, the, the waiter came by. He was picking up everyone's bones and taking them. I said, dude, I pulled him to the side. I'm like, dude, all those bones that you're throwing away, throw them. In. I, I slipped them 20 bucks. I'm like, dude, put them in a fucking bag for me. I'm going to take it. I'm taking that shit home. I'm taking that home. That shit is, is the nutrition. That shit's good stuff right there. All right, guys. This was episode 421. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We will talk to you guys next time. Have a good one, Steve. Have a good one, Dad. Guys, this is the required legal disclaimer. We are only sharing our experience from years of steroid use. We are not doctors, and none of what we say should be regarded as medical advice. Always check with your doctor before taking any drugs or starting any training program.